So um, tell us a little bit about your church plant. Uh, what, what do we say? Um, yeah, we, I guess we have a vision that's around um, missional communities. So some of you may have heard of, um, there's a church in the States called Soma. And yeah, they structured their church around missional communities, which are a bit like small groups, but small groups on mission together. Um, and so, yeah, I guess through the journey that God's taken us on, we, um, particularly early on in the days of our church plant, we felt this was God's call for us um, to structure around missional communities as a, as a way of discipleship and evangelism. And so we've been pursuing that. Um, and, yeah, we've got a, a group now. Uh, we're just we're kind of just relaunching, so it's a bit weird at the moment. We're, st- we're in my house at the moment. Uh, there's about 30 of us. But, um, yeah, we're kind of excited to, for the next stage to get yeah. into it. That's awesome. So two things you can do. One, obviously, go have a chat to Nat after the service and hear a little bit more. Pray. Uh, always get in trouble for saying this. Maybe tonight, tonight, that God's going to stir your heart to join in their mission and what God's doing in Montalbert. Whoa. Um, so <laughs> I looked at someone in particular. But um, so... <laughs> So the reason why is that at Canary Gardens, we, we uh, join God in his mission. And there might be some of you tonight who will be stirred uh, to do that. So Nat, tell, who's with Nat? Well, Nat, as in, put your hand up, it's okay. The the, you know who they are? Because they're all at the front. Yeah, if it was Canary Gardens, they'd be there. No, um, yeah. So we appreciate you guys coming out tonight as well. Um, uh, so it's a blessing to have you. So we're going to start in a little bit. I'm just going to read something for us. Um, so as Nat and I were chatting about um, having a bit of a music and worship night and prayer night, um, for some of us, this might be something um, totally different and new to you. It's been a while you've been to a church service. We're glad that you're here with us. You might be exploring the gospel as well and who Jesus is and what he's done. We, we thank you for taking the time to come and hang out with us. As Christians, we believe in a God who hears us who's active, who's real. And one of the ways we uh, um, talk to God is actually through song and singing. Uh, and that's what we're going to be doing a little bit tonight. Don't feel like you have to sing. You can sit. Um, if you want to stand, you can stand. Uh, if your way of worshipping God is like this, with raising hands, you can do that. If your uh, worship style is in your hands in your pocket, do that too. Uh, because God looks at the heart. So um, that's what we're about here. So I pray that God will do that. But firstly, what I want to do tonight is, um, one of the things we talk about at Canterbury Gardens is that we are a church that wants to constantly marinate in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And one of the ways we do that is learning to preach the gospel uh, to ourselves and to each other. And so tonight I'm going to do a little bit different, which is I'm going to read what's called a gospel narrative. So this is like a poem uh, written by a guy um, called Winfield Bevins. He's written a thing called Gospel Primer. It's like a little devotional book to remind you on the elements and the truths of the gospel. So I'm going to just read this. It goes for a little bit. What I want you to do is either you can listen uh, with your eyes open or if you listen better with your eyes closed, uh, I would invite you to do that. But before I do that, I'm going to pause our hearts and our minds. Lord Jesus, we come to you tonight to stop. Whatever may be going on in our hearts and minds, they're not of you, cause them to be still. Lord Jesus, would you be front and center? Spirit of God, would you lead us? 
We pray this in your name. Amen. Hear these words about the gospel. My God is immense beyond imagination. He measured the entire universe with merely the span of his hand. He's unimaginably awesome in all of his perfections, absolutely righteous, holy, and just in all of his ways. He has also been unbelievably good and merciful to me as the creator and sustainer of my life. Every breath, every heartbeat, every function of every organ in my body is a gift from him. Every legitimate pleasure I experience is a gift from his loving hand to me. All that I am and all that I have I owe to him and to his goodness. My life in every way is and will continue to be utterly dependent upon him in whom I live and move and have my being. This wonderful God is the most supremely worthy object of admiration, honor and delight in all of the universe. And he has created me with the intention that I might glorify him by finding my soul's delight in him, by living in joyful obedience to him in all of my ways. Yet, I could not have failed the great God more miserably than I have. Instead of giving thanks to him and humbly submitting to his rule over my life, I've rebelled against him and have actually sought to exalt myself above him. Going my own way and living according to my own wisdom, I've broken the countless times either the letter of the spirit of every one of God's Ten Commandments. Thinking myself to be wise, I have shown myself to be a fool, and because of my arrogance, God has every right to damn me to the everlasting experience of his terrifying wrath in the lake of fire. So as for myself, apart from Christ, I'm bound by the guilt of my sins, and also bound by the power of sin enslaved to various lusts and pleasures. Apart from Christ, I'm also utterly deserving and destined for eternal punishment in the lake of fire, completely unable to save myself or even to make one iota of a contribution to my own salvation. However, what I could not do, God did. And doing it, he did it all, sending his own son into the world to die on the cross for my sins, thereby showing me unfathomable love. God loved me so much that he was willing to suffer the loss of his sons. Even more amazingly, he was willing to allow his son to suffer the loss of him at the cross. Jesus loved me so much that he was willing to lay down his life for me. No one could ever love me more or better than Jesus. On the third day after Jesus' death, God raised him from the dead, thereby announcing that his death was completely sufficient to atone for every sin that I have I have or will commit throughout my lifetime. God then exalted Christ to his own right hand, where Christ now reigns from on high, granting salvation and forgiveness to all who call on him by faith. Now, when my time came, I placed my faith in Jesus. God instantly granted me a great salvation, forgave me all of my sins, past, present, and future. He made me his child, adopting me into his family. He gave me the gift of the Holy Spirit who gives me God's power, who pours out God's love within my heart, and who tenderly communicates to my spirit that I am a child of God, an heir of eternal glory in heaven. In saving me, God also freed me from slavery to any and all sins. I no longer have to sin again, for sin's mastery over me has been broken. In saving me, God also justified me 
And being justified through Christ, I have peace with God that will endure forever. In justifying me, God declared me innocent of my sins and pronounced me righteous, the very righteousness of Jesus. God also allowed his future and present wrath against me to be completely propitiated by Jesus, who bore it upon himself while on the cross. Consequently, God now has only love, compassion, deepest affection for me, and this love is without any admixture of wrath whatsoever. God always looks upon me and treats me with gracious favor, always working all things together for my ultimate and eternal good. God grace abounds to me through trials because I'm a justified one. He subjugates every trial and forces it to do good unto me. When I sin, God's grace abounds to me all the more as he graciously maintains my justified status as described above. When I sin, God feels no wrath in his heart against me. His heart is filled with nothing but love for me, and he longs for me to repent and confess my sins to him, so that he might show me the gracious and forgiving love that has been in his heart all along. God does not require my confession before before he desires to forgive me. In his heart, he's already forgiven me, and when I come to him to confess my sins to him, he runs to me as it were, and it repeatedly embracing and kissing me even before I get the words of confession out of my mouth. God does see my sins, and he's grieved by my sins. His grief comes partly from the fact in my moments of sin, I'm not receiving the fullness of his love for me. He even sends chastisement into my life, but he does, not, he does so because he is for me and he loves me, and he disciplines me for my ultimate good. I don't deserve any of this, even on my best of my days. But this is my salvation. And herein I stand. Jesus, we thank you for these truths. So now as we sing, as we pray, as we have communion, lead us in the power of your spirit. Help us to hear and worship you for your namesake, for your glory. Amen. It's been a super encouraging year, uh, and God's done so much uh, in a, as a part of this year, not only in the young adults uh, service that's been happening, but also in Canterbury Gardens as a whole. And, and I'm sure in where these guys are from and these guys live, God's been doing many wonderful things. And so I just wanted to share a psalm with you that kind of captures what's this all about um, and some of the encouraging things that we've seen, the story that we're actually caught up in. Uh, in these psalms. You can take a seat, by the way, if you're feeling like you're struggling to stand. I can see some of you falling at the back there. So, um, But I just wanted to share this psalm, and, and I want you to think about where's your story fit as I read out these words. And I want you to reflect on your, your life and your story before this great God. So I'm going to read out Psalm 107. It's titled, Let the Redeemed of the Lord Say So. Here's what it says. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way, 
for a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of, the, of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, and he delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, and let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of deeds in songs of joy. He turns rivers into deserts, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let him consider the steadfast love of the Lord. So where, does, where do you fit into this story? As a part of the young adults here, we've heard some amazing stories, amazing testimonies of, of some really brave people who have shared some of the places they were wandering before God rescued them. Where do you fit into this? Where were you wandering before God took a hold of your life? And what, what has God been doing this year continually in your lives that you need to praise him for, to thank him for. So let us remember that this is all because of the steadfast love of God. And so I want to actually just have a few minutes here where we're just going to, if you have something to share about that God's done in your year, whether it's a part of the young adults here at Canterbury or or the the morning service or just in your personal life what God is doing I would invite you just to stand and and share just a couple of sentences of what God's been doing. And then we're going to lead into a, a time of prayer. So just an open mic, just pop your hand up and I'll come bring the mic around if you have something to share. Signa's also got a mic over there if you wanted to share something that God's love has done in your life, something that God's doing. So if you want to do that, thanks. It's always the brave first one. Um, so I remember when Cam, we'd, we'd been meeting up before this year a couple of times. I remember when Cam first came to me about starting a young adults night service. And I went, ha, have fun with that. Um, and then a bunch more people got on board. And suddenly it was the night before the first one. And I was sitting there going, no one is turning up to this. This is, this is going to be a tragic disaster. And then the first night, there were like 60 people. And it was amazing. And it's just built from there. So 
God's been really amazing in working in that plan. Um, so I guess something that I'm really thankful for this year is um, the friends that God has given me in the young adults group. Um, and that's really grown over this year because of all the effort that people have put into creating this community and um, with the night services and the small groups and all the hangouts. And those friends have been really significant in my life this year. Um, yeah, which it's been an amazing journey for me this year and I don't know what it would look like if I hadn't had those friends. So that's something I'm really thankful for about God's work in the young adults. I don't know if I still qualify as a young adult. Oh, it's anyone. <laughs> Very <laughs> Close loose, enough. loose definition. <laughs> uh, uh, but, um, Melody and I have been involved in starting up a new young adult small group this this year. And, it was again, that was a bit of an unknown, kind of like Daniel's comment about how the Sunday night's going to go. You run a, when you start the small group, like, equally who's going to show up to that. But it's been encouraging to see how that group's evolved over the year as well and getting to know those guys better. So um, it's been great to see the collection of things from Sunday night and the small groups and the hangouts and different things all working together to see... Um, does this group evolve and take an identity of its own? It's been a real encouragement. Thanks, Paul. Um, yeah, I started at Bible College a few months ago and um, just the way that God has used that to draw me closer to him and enable me to be more obedient has been a real joy. It's been a real difficult uh, few months, but, yeah, it's been a real joy just to see how God's worked in my life through the experiences that I've had. Thanks, Kim. Hi. Sorry. I like standing up. <laughs> so I'm from another country. <laughs> well, I'm an Aussie now. I've been here 10 years, but I'm originally Polish. And I don't know, you know, like just hearing your testimonies just made me think that I'm so grateful to be in Australia now and be in a country where on Sunday evening people come to church at 5. 30 p.m. and and you do it just you know casually with joy I hope <laughs> but just seeing like you just as a community community even you know gathering together and worshiping God and you know you could as well be on the couches watching TV or having dinner whatever but but yeah I just wanted to share that it's very encouraging to see it here because I come from a country that probably a lot of people come to church but they don't really have a very close relationship with Jesus so yeah I just wanted that's all <laughs> thanks thanks I've got room for one more one more brave person go for it well, it might be too tricky for us to work out yeah <laughs> there you go. oh it's that <laughs> Um, I think this year for me personally, I feel like God's taken me on a journey of teaching me how to be content with where he has me at, like in my life. And I think, I don't know, like it's been such an amazing, I don't know, journey over the last few years. And I don't know, to be at a point now where I'm like, I can honestly have so much joy and contentment in him because he knows our life, he knows our situation and not having or feeling the need to constantly look into the future and what it should look like and instead just taking it day by day and just trusting in him and his purpose for us. It's just given me so much joy and freedom that, um, yeah, it's been amazing. So, yeah. Thanks, Nicola. 
Um, yeah, it's been, it's been super encouraging for me. And I, and I know there's plenty more stories amongst people here. And, and, and that's just awesome. And I know we all have something to be thankful to God about this year. And so I just want to spend a little bit of time in prayer. Uh, you can just stay seated and, and pray out loud if you want to. But we'll have just a few minutes either in your heads um, and I'll close. Or you can pray out loud and I'll close after a few minutes. Uh, but let's really just thank God for his steadfast love. Um, that he reaches into the dark places and redeems us and sets us free. So let's thank God for those things. Lord, I just want to thank you that though we all wandered, though we all sat in darkness, though each one of us were fools through our sinful ways, that your steadfast love reached down, that there is no place that is too dark or too far gone for you to reach into. We praise you, Lord, for giving us freedom, for breaking the bonds that were on us and giving us life in Jesus. And so, Lord, we, we praise you for your steadfast love. We praise you for that love that is so clearly displayed in Christ, in his death, in his resurrection. And thank you that we can be part of this glorious kingdom and now proclaim your steadfast love to a world that's so desperately needs it. Lord, thank you. Thank you for who you are. And we just want to offer up these songs of worship to you in response to all that you have done. In Jesus' name, amen. the front row. Um, I think I see just so many stories. Um, I think one of the highlights for me this year has just been um, the opportunity I've had to be a part of all of your lives and to hear the stories that you've told me um, and to walk that journey with you. And I know that for many of you it's been quite a difficult year in a lot of ways and um, you know, there's a lot of grief that comes with that. And I think for me as I've looked back over my year, um, the question that I've been asking myself is, where am I finding my joy? And so I just wanted us all to have an opportunity now, before we go into communion, to sit and have a look back over the year with God and to ask yourself that question. Because ultimately, if we're looking to our circumstances or to our performance, um, for happiness, um, if we are basing our joy on whether we're doing well, um, whether we feel like we're meeting some standard, um, our joy is not going to last, it's not going to be real joy, and that is not the joy that God calls us to in his word. Um, we know that true joy is found in fixing our eyes on Christ and not on our own lives. And so... I just wanted to read to you um, a verse from Hebrews, um, which Cam actually read this morning. 
if it comes up in my phone. No, I might need a Bible. Does someone have a Bible? Sorry, guys. So it's from Hebrews 12. This is what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I don't know what you all see when you look back over your years, uh, over this year, all your years, but this year as well. Um, But I just want to remind you that um, everything that you see is covered by the blood of Jesus. um, And the salvation that we have in him is unshakable. There's nothing that can take us away from us. And his grace completely covers everything that you see. Every mess up, um, every moment of grief and pain, every moment of suffering. So I'd just like to... um, give you the opportunity to spend some time now with God and when you're ready just come up there's a some bread and some juice on either side um, and the little loaf is gluten-free for those of you who are gluten-free um, and when we've all finished I'll just close in prayer
let's pray together. Lord, you are the one who brings light out of darkness, who turns our mourning into dancing, the one who lifts the burdens from our shoulders. You are our hope and joy, and we praise you for giving us life through the death of your son. Jesus, you take away the shame of our sin, and you set us free from our guilt. We know that we don't deserve this, and yet you love us and intercede for us. Lord, I ask that we would all live our lives in the joy of the gospel. May we know that your redemption is more powerful than our sin, and that your joy is more lasting than our grief. And for those of us who don't follow you yet, I pray that we will know the joy of knowing you. Draw us more deeply into your grace, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
are the one who saves. You are the one whose hands lift us from the grave. You are the light of life, the everlasting day. You are the one. It's from Shabu, so I kind of have to have to go with it.
Wow, it's been a great night um, to worship and praise God together for who he is and what he has done in this year and um, in your lives and in general. And in a minute, we will enjoy a meal together. In the foyer, we'll have um, supper. So please stay and join us for that. And we thank everyone who has brought the meal to share. And um, we also want to invite you, um, if you could support the meal with some financial donation, that would be also great to cover the cost. Um, we really want to take Nat, thank Nat and his friends for uh, coming here today and serving us. It's been a wonderful privilege. So yes. And now Shabir will come up. And, um, yeah, pray for these guys. Um, I was just sitting there and thinking and uh, just felt to pray for everyone who's involved in this new church plant. Can you guys stand up for me? That means you're committed now and you can't get out of it. Um, no. Um, we would love for you to um, just, just stand. Everyone, just have a look. Um, when, you, when you go to my um, charismatic Pentecostal church friends, what they do is uh, they lay hands, and sometimes because of the crowd's so big, they can't all get there, so they stand or sit and they put their hands out that way. It's so just what they do in the Bible. Okay, well. thanks, Nat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you can see why Nat and I are good mates. Um, so uh, what I would invite you, if you feel you're led to, please come either lay physically hands on them or stand or sit where you are and just reach your hand out as I pray for them and for the team. Jesus, we want to thank you that we can worship you, we can sing songs to you, that we can pray, we can be reminded through communion. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you that uh, uh, as Nat and everyone who've come here tonight, they're not just friends or people who live in Victoria, but they're brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, what a great honor and privilege that is. And we know that came at great cost. We thank you that you're returning. That thank you that you've given us a great privilege to partner in the gospel, whether here in Kilsite uh, or where Nat's church is and church plan is and where they're going to reach that community. Firstly, I pray for Nat and his family, for your protection on them. As I serve you, pray for their core leadership team as they begin this new season. 
that they'll get a sense of who you've created them to be for your purpose, for your kingdom purposes uh, in this city. Provide for them, Lord. You know the practical needs that they have, and we ask that you would provide for them. We pray maybe even there are people here that you'd stir to come and join in that mission. We want to release them, Lord Jesus, from Canterbury Gardens. So bless them and keep them, Lord. Have your face shine upon them for your glory, for your namesake. In Jesus' name, amen. And I pray for the food they're about to eat. I pray for your blessing on it and our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Say hi to these guys. Pray with them again if you want. Um, food in the foyer. There's like Sivalaki meat, which was ordered in to come in. So we would really like for you to get to that as soon as possible for oh and reasons. Uh, <laughs> but also to enjoy the good food. God bless. Thanks for coming.